Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. From Autosport.com and Autosport Magazine, I'm your host, Ariana Bravo, and this is the Autosport Podcast. This weekend, Formula One races in Saudi Arabia for the first time. The Jeddah Corniche circuit is the second longest on the 2021 calendar, and we finally got to see F1 cars tackling the fastest street circuit on the calendar, with Lewis Hamilton quickest of both practice sessions today. I am joined by Motorsport.com's F1 editor, John Noble. John, thank you so much for joining me. You are out here as well. How does it feel being back at the racetrack? Uh, it's been, well, it's been good good and bad in terms of good to be back in the paddock. Great to see people. Um, my first race back this year, primarily because the paddock started opening up a little bit. So I can actually go and speak to people and see people. Um, don't have to do everything via Zoom. So actually it's been good to do that. But Saudi Arabia is a bit of a... Um, let me say experience in terms of logistics and travel and driving around and getting to and from the track so um, actually the F1 paddocks the oasis of calm amid a, a little bit of madness well we are very glad that you are back trackside with us and yeah the paddocks actually come together come together nicely I have to say um but let's get straight into the on-track action because, as I said, we finally got to see F1 cars on track. I know that lots of people have been waiting to see the cars tackle this circuit because it is so high speed. Um, the speeds that they were reaching today at points, I was just, you know, mouth hanging open, just like shock. What were your first impressions of the track and seeing the cars out there today? So um, I went around the track last night in a um, little minibus. Um, so did it quite slowly. We overtook Sergio Perez and Max Verstappen. So not many people can claim to have done that around Saudi. So probably the first people to have overtaken them here. Um, reminds me a bit of Macau circuit. 
um, just in terms of the kind of narrowness and the high speed sections. So, so like high speed bits of Macau, that's a, a bit flatter. And also a little bit of Valencia, where they used to have, um, you know, some of it, some of Valencia was Mickey Mouse, but some of it was pretty quick and spectacular. So it's kind of a, a mixture of those two, really, but really, really high speed. Um, I thought today could be a bit of a shunt fest in terms of incidents and drivers pushing, pushing it. It just seemed to be so narrow and yesterday was so dirty. But I think what, what turned today to be almost instant free, barring Charles Leclerc's accident at the end, was the fact they'd managed to clean the track somehow completely overnight. So most of the sand and dirt and rubbish had been got rid of. And the surface was actually high, quite high grip. So rather than what we've seen at tracks like Portimao and Austin the first year and Turkey, where, you know, super low grip on, on this speed of track would have been oh, so difficult. Actually, I think the drivers are reveling in kind of the high, high levels of grip. So I think that's why we, why we saw that the they actually turn out to be quite straightforward. Yeah, I was expecting to see more incidents today as well. Obviously glad that we didn't, um, but I was expecting it because I also went around yesterday on a track tour, probably around the same time as you. Um, and I was shocked going around, you know, the narrowness of the circuit as well, apart so many blind spots as well um, when going into the corners. What corners have stood out to you so far though of this track? What bits are you going to be really keeping an eye on over the weekend? Oh, there's 27 corner numbers to yes. remember, so I haven't quite <laughs> quite put them all into my um, head, so I'll have to describe them. But um, the ones that have stood out for me, and I still don't know the numbers are, is the the kind of banked hairpin, yeah, which I think 13. is turn thir- 13. Mm-hmm. So it was quite spectacular driving around it. Um, it seems to be a few, you know, some different lines there and um, maybe fast enough to you know, allow, allow a bit of side-by-side action or something if someone gets their nose down, down yeah. the inside. So that looks quite good. But I think one of the critical corners appears to be, and I don't know what number it was, was the one that Max Verstappen just kept smashing across, um, you know, sparks flying from the car and straight line in the curbs. May have been uh, early in the lap, so I'm not, not particularly sure. So I need to, need to correlate a, a map with what the tr- what the corner number was. But there's one corner that drivers seem to, I think they, you can probably find a tenth if you straight line the kerb, but it is going to smash the titanium plate and the, the plank underneath and probably you'd risk, may risk some damage to front wings and stuff. So whether it's something you can do for qualifying or not for the race, but that seems quite quite critical. And I think the other, other really crucial sector, which I think will be really important tomorrow, is that final run down to the last corner. Um, you know, sequence of blind, flat out, high speed corners with DRS open, um, and I think with traffic trying to back up at the final corner, these blind corners, I think it is, well, Lewis Hamilton described it as potentially a bit of a danger zone. Um, and that could become a big talking point tomorrow. It could indeed. Now let's talk about the action that we saw today. So Lewis Hamilton leading both sessions. I feel we have to apply extra caution to today's timings because of course first time out at this track you know everyone getting to grips with it but coming into the weekend many were saying that it is a Mercedes track now that you've actually seen the cars out there do you think that that is still the case or do you think it might actually end up being um, a little bit closer than some people were anticipating? I I think today was definitely closer than a lot of people were expecting Um, in terms of you know Mercedes straight line speed advantage has been quite big at times this year um, they seem to have found something, you know, since Turkey time, just in terms of reducing drag for the system, where they kind of lower the rear suspension to to, to kind of 
angle off the, the profile of the rear wing. We know Lewis has got the Brazil engine back in the car um, for this weekend. Um, may not have been in the car today. Um, I didn't actually art check with the team on that, so that may be something to come tomorrow. But today didn't look, they didn't look a step ahead. Max, you know, was well up there. Seemed very comfortable with the car. Um, Red Bull running the medium and low downforce wings today. Obviously back to back and see which which was best. And I think good for them was there were no this flapping of the upper DRS element. Um, so it seems they may have got to the bottom of what that problem was. But Max was definitely closer to Mercedes than I was expecting. However, Lewis spoke tonight and said that she felt they underperformed on single lap pace. They just weren't unlocking um, the best in the car of a single lap. is much more comfortable on the long runs. So I think the picture may the picture may change. I think what the drivers are having to do is trying to work out how best to get these tyres prepared um, for the laps. Obviously, the, the long straights... Um, mean the tyres cool down a bit so it's actually quite hard to kind of generate the heat you need for grip um, and if you're backing off in the final sector to try and find a gap for traffic the tyres are going to even colder um, so there's talk you know it could take two or three laps um, of going quite slowly just to build up enough heat in these tyres to get them ready for a quick qualifying lap um, we saw in the F2 had qualifying today and they took two laps to, to get the tyres up to temperature um, so I think that it could be a an interesting day tomorrow and you know if, if things are close between Mercedes and Red Bull it could come down to you know who's got their tyres into the right window irrespective of top line speed and actual out and out car performance mm, okay I was actually not expecting it to be as close as well but like you said uh Lewis saying that the car isn't quite where they want it just yet um but what were your thoughts on Pierre Gasly? Because he was up there in both sessions today, P4 in uh, FB1, I think it was P3 in FB2. I spoke to him after FB2 and he, you know, seemed like he had really, really enjoyed driving the car around there, saying how cool it was, how much he enjoyed the high-speed nature of it. What do you make of his performance today? Do you think that, as we always say, it's a Friday, um, so be cautious with our comments and predictions. He himself said that he's feeling confident going into qualifying tomorrow, but Sunday is where they tend to need to do more of the work. But what do you reckon? Yeah, I mean, it's you know another strong single lap pace from Alpha Tower, especially Gasly. I mean, he's found a real sweet spot with that car this year, especially on Saturdays, um, you know, consistently up there. Um, in qualifying, it's kind of, but almost his season's almost been a little bit hidden by the fact that Sundays have been difficult for him to bring home the results for a multitude of reasons. Whether it's been accidents he's been involved in that weren't necessarily his fault, whether it's been poor strategy choices, whether it's been the car not looking after its tyres as well on a Sunday as it can on a Saturday. So it's been a bit of a kind of strange season for an impressive season but a little bit of a strange one but I think again that that car seems good on single lap pace um I expect no reason to think he can't follow this through into tomorrow and beyond um but again it will be down to how is that how is Alpha Tauri able to look after its tyres over the longer stints because you saw in Qatar you know started right up there um potentially you know could in theory have led the first lap if he'd made a better start than Lewis but you know, just tumble, tumble down the order because they, they couldn't look after the tyres. Let's now talk about uh, the incident that we did see today, Charles Leclerc crashing out at turns 22, 23, I think it was. Um, he's had the medical checks and he is all clear in terms of that, but it did look like a hefty shunt. Talk us through uh, what happened there because there was some concern throughout the day about those corners and people saying that that's the part that could catch drivers out. 
Yeah, I think I think when you look at what happened, what's happened today, and I think in Formula Two, it's, it's true as well that if, if you have an incident here, you either I think drivers either don't crash at all, or if you do have a crash, it's going to be massive. I don't think there's going to be a, be a small. I don't think you can make a small mistake here and have a small incident. If you make a mistake here, it's going to end up in a big crash, and that's exactly what happened um, with Charles. I mean, the good news for him is Ferrari did the examination and the, the chassis and engine themselves look okay. So beyond the what we can call superficial damage of ripped off suspension and wings and tires and bodywork and floor and everything, actually the, the chassis and engine are fine. So just a classic case of um, a small mistake here has heavy consequences. The cars are traveling at such high speed, you know, very heavy cars as well. Um, and that's what happened at that corner. So he just went in the back, seemed to get a bit loose. He tried to correct it. And it it was gone, and I think that that will be the tale of tomorrow's drivers getting nearer to the limit. That as you try and push it, try and find where the limit is. If you overstep it, unfortunately, you overstep it, and you're often in the barriers, and it's it, it could be day over. So um, just unlucky, but like all these things, better for that to happen on a Friday. Absolutely, I was just about to say that. Um, one of the things that we did see and also hear drivers talking about after the sessions today were the closing speeds and you know the potential for incidents when drivers are coming around doing their fast laps and we have the slower cars. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think that we will probably hear tomorrow that some you know con- code of conduct they were saying on the commentary has been agreed between the drivers and between um, the FIA? Well, there'll be a driver's meeting tonight and I can guarantee the issue will come up because, I mean, it's quite terrifying. I think there was that one lap from Lewis today where he, he came through yeah. that final sequence and then five or six cars um, all darted around, massive closing speed. Um, and it only takes one driver to pull out, not not being sighted oh, behind God, him. Oh, don't even. And it's a big crash. Um, so it will need discipline from the drivers, but it, it will need good guidance from the engineers as well because these they're blind corners. The, the, the visibility in mirrors is very limited. So they are reliant on them getting warnings about what's happening. But um, when we have things like this, if you go back to Austria, you know, you have these code of conducts and agreements and people bust them and jump ahead of the queue. And if you've waited three laps to get your tyres into the right window and you've got one shot to go, you don't want to get your tyres cooling down by waiting for five cars ahead of you to get through the final corner and potentially people jumping you. So... Um, I think the only one maybe good thing that could work in its favour is the fact the lap's so long that they're not going to be as bunched up as they are in Austria, for example, where there's actually very little track. Same as Monaco, short tracks means the cars get more bunched up. So it may maybe the teams take it sensibly and space themselves out. But I still think when you get towards the end of Q2 or Q1 and Q2, I think things could get quite frantic um, and it will need good discipline from both the teams and drivers to avoid any any signs of trouble. And I wanted to also touch on before we wrap things up, how important do you think that this qualifying session will be in terms of the potential overtaking opportunities that we may or may not see when it comes to Sunday? Because we saw Max Verstappen wanting to focus uh, more on the quali pace. Do you think that that will be the approach of many of the teams um, based on what we saw today? It's actually quite a hard one to judge because... Um, on paper, there's no heavy braking zones. It's not very wide. Um, doesn't seem anywhere obvious that on a kind of regular track, you think, yep, you can overtake into here. But very, very long straights. And we know how draggy, you know, these current Formula One cars are. If you look at Sochi, for example, that run down to from the start down to turn two, 
um, you know, massive slipstreams. So the chances are, if you're behind someone, even if you can't follow them through a previous corner, you can probably get close enough to get in the slipstream. And if that slipstream is running for, you know, a long, long sequence and through corners, there's a chance you can get a wheel alongside or something and then kind of force your rival to, to give you some room and try and muscle your way through that way. Um, I mean, there's a high chance then of front wings contacting re- rear wheels and incidents and it'll be, it will be easy for the drivers ahead to, to block you. But I think, I mean, I can almost guarantee the Formula 1 drivers are going to watch the Formula 2 race tomorrow just to see what sort of, what's the nature of racing here because it's one thing you can talk about it and debate it in your team and come up with grand plans but until you're actually in the race itself and racing against other people um, you can't actually get a feel for, for where these opportunities come from where the surprises are um, you know it could could turn into be a massive overtaking fest just because the slipstream effect is so strong could prove to be a complete procession um, you never know and, and if you Remember, if you go back to the first year at Baku, um, we had these crazy Formula 2 races with full of incidents and crashes. And we got to the F1 race and everyone thought it's going to be a similar story, be, you know, a crazy afternoon. And the drivers had seen what happened in Formula 2. They felt that if they stayed out of trouble, um, took it conservatively, races, they'd be guaranteed to bring some points home. And we ended up with quite a dull afternoon because no one did anything. They just followed each other, expecting everyone else to crash. No one crashed. Uh, and it was quite boring. And then they unleashed themselves the following year and it was chaos. So um, you can't really tell. I think think F2 race tomorrow will give us the first proper indication of kind of what, what we're going to get um, come Sunday. Something to keep an eye on there then. Now, before I let you go, John, what are your qualifying predictions? I still think I'm going to have to go for Lewis on pole just because... I think even, I mean, if, if today they were ahead and claimed they weren't very good on single lap pace and that bodes quite well for tomorrow, normally the Mercedes likes to turn up its engine a little bit um, on Saturday. So it just unleashes a little bit more power. Lewis has got that Brazil engine, which has the ability to crank things up a little bit more. Um, he's confident in the car. The track suits suits the Mercedes. Um, I think Lewis is in a pretty confident, happy place at the moment. So I'm going to put him there. And I think Bottas will get second as well. So I think I think it'll be, it's not going to be um, completely straightforward and Max will put up a good fight, but I just think the Mercedes will have the edge. Hey, thank you very much. Thank you for joining me, John. I look forward to seeing you around the paddock this weekend. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll be back tomorrow after qualifying to round up the day's events. Thank you. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Wendy's knows cold and soggy fries are the worst. So soggy. That's why we're serving up hot and crispy fries all day, every day. And all night. Until close. With natural cut potatoes, sea salted to perfection. Show me that potato skin. Wendy's hot and crispy aren't like other fries. We're your dream fry. Choose wisely. 
Choose Wendy's Hot and Crispy Fries. Guaranteed to be hot and crispy. If yours aren't, bring them back and we'll replace them. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.